Greetings, dear, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Working Experience, a very warm, open-arm audio embrace and a squeeze. This episode is brought to you by my company, One Circle Media. One Circle Media is a hybrid digital agency and media content creator. We create and design apps, websites, videos, social media content, and physical products. We are artists, directors, designers, producers, coders, editors, thinkers, makers, and creators who embrace story and creativity from design, web and app development, animation, docs, features, TV shows, digital and social media content to physical products. For our clients, we create content that builds networks and audiences across multiple platforms. Check out our work at OneCircleDigital.com and OneCircleBrand.com. If you work for a network, studio, brand, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain, reach out to me at John at OneCircleMedia.com. I'd love to hear from you. This episode is also brought to you by an app that I created called Still Believe. Still Believe transforms a picture in your home into video proof of your child's favorite magical characters. With the app, parents can catch the magic of the tooth fairy, leaving money under their children's pillow or Santa delivering presents on Christmas Eve in their home. You download the app, take a picture, and we create the magic. We utilize feature film visual effects artists to transform your picture into video. Just tell your kids that you have a special app that can detect and capture the tooth fairy then present them with the video proof in the morning. The look on their faces is priceless. Your Still Believe video is created in minutes, and you can then save it to your phone and share it on social media. The app is available for the iPhone and Android, and it's free to download. Our aim is to bring joy and wonder into the hearts of children around the world. Check it out at stillbelieve.co. Thanks, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Working Experience. The working experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on Stand the- clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. John, we need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. To stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. They're moving in a different and after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was wow. moving his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I can't. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, welcome, everyone. Okay. And today, we are going to talk about the six-hour work week, which... Um, Seems a little long. Is that still seems a little long? Oh, hold on a second. Wait a minute. I just missed. Wait, did you say the did you say the six hour work week? I thought this was a six hour work week, but they're they're talking about a six hour work day. <laughs> as as if I, this I think is, six hours a week sounds about they, right. What are they talking about? A six hour <laughs> work day? And that that's like supposed to be less. Do people work more than six hours a week? Am I? Boy, I. I must be in a different universe over here. I mean, I, I put in about an hour today, and I got to tell you, that was it. That was it. I mean, is there 
any activity that you perform consistently for six hours a day? Sleeping. I would say. Sli- oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Sleeping. And of watch, you, actually, you could, you could double that number. Watching television, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping and watching television. I, I put the hours in, baby. Hey. But doesn't, uh, doesn't watching television for you fall under research? Yeah, well, I'm working. I am working. Working, yeah, of course. Of course. Hey, uh, you know who LeBron James is, correct? Of course I do. Yeah, he sleeps 10 hours a night, right? So if I sleep... Four more hours than LeBron James a night. I'm going to be four more hours that more productive. Correct. I think you. I think you should try out for the NBA just based on your sleeping schedule. When people ask me why I wasn't at work earlier, I say, "Cause I'm going LeBron, baby. <laughs> I'm sleeping. I'm, I'm getting right, the you're, hours. You're in. resting up. Hey, yeah. listen. You're resting up the body, the mind, the soul. How am I going to perform otherwise? You know. I mean, you can't you can't go hard in the paint without sleep and and no. eating. I got to eat too, right? What am I supposed to not eat? Jesus, yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta feed the gut. So the Swedish experiment, and you know, there's been a lot of talk about, and I I do not disagree with it at all about um, working less and being more productive, like. Um, I've read, I don't know, you're, you have more experience running than I do, but I've read more than one study that says people who ran like four times a week, just for like 15 minutes, but they, they went as hard as they could. They would like do sprints. There's different ways you can do it. Like you time yourself running as fast as you can for 30 seconds, then you stop and then you do it again and you do that like five times. And those people actually lost more weight than people who are running like three miles a day. So meaning that go harder for a shorter amount of time and you're going to be more productive. And that's what this six hour workday seems, that seems to be the sort of philosophy they're talking about. Well, in in terms of exercising or running, yes, that's correct. It's, they've done a, a series of studies that it's not the amount of time that you spend doing the activity, it's the intensity of it. So it's much better off for you to, you know, spend 10 minutes a day doing high intensity. Obviously, you're going to warm up and cool down. Uh, High intensity activity uh, could be running, could be anything. Um, And you're going to build more muscle mass, you're going to lose more weight than if you just like, you know, walked on a treadmill for two hours. Now, I mean, the, I, I think that for the six hour workday, I don't know if it was, I wouldn't even equate it to that in terms of intensity. I think if you, most people, if they just cut out all the BS, like all the meetings and the FaceTime and the, I mean, the eight hour quote unquote workday is a relic from, you know, the early 1900s with the the nine to five factory job. And I think we've just kind of inherited that into, you know, the 2000s into 2020. And, you know, you still got to, you know, you still got to get FaceTime in front of the boss. I mean, you could, I, you could literally, you know, if you're focused enough, I think you could easily squeeze it down an eight hour day into four hours of actual work. Well, 
just to get back to the exercise for a second, you mentioned warming up. I don't, I don't warm up. I'm just full intense. I mean, most of our listeners know by now I'm a pretty intense guy. I just go right. Well, into well, it. let me ask you a question. Does a lion warm up before <laughs> no. he chases down a gazelle? I go head first, baby. Just boot. No warm ups. No warm ups. <laughs> no just way. Matt goes no zero to a hundred. It's a waste of time. I just hit it. And then I injure myself, and then I'm out oh, yeah, the next you, month. Yeah, you are yeah. constantly in the hospital, yeah. physical therapy. <laughs> he's, al- he's always pulled something. I, uh, I went to lift weights, and uh, I just immediately grabbed two 50-pound dumbbells and tried to yank them up off the floor, <laughs> back out, done. <laughs> my back. And, and it, also, it also helps with your... Um, your constant need to sue everybody. That's right. For the slightest. That's right. You're suing your gym, suing the everyone. restaurant, yeah, the, where you work. Right. <laughs> the maker of the dumbbells. The whole thing. Whole thing. Um, yeah. Well, they. Uh, as you, well, when you were talking about you know this being a relic from the past, the eight-hour workday, like we have so much more technology now that you would think. I mean, it's, and it's all supposed to make us more productive. So you would think you could work two hours a day and get accomplished what people used to accomplish, say, 20 years ago or maybe 30 years ago in an eight-hour day. But what's actually happened, and I've used this metaphor before, like with the house, you know, you have a small house, you have a certain amount of things, you move to a bigger house, you have more stuff, it gets more crowded, you move to a bigger house, same, that same phenomenon it, it just it seems like the more technology we have the more people are working and it's or I'll put working in quotes because as you say a lot of it is probably just kind of screwing around well yeah I mean it's you're constantly because of technology you're constantly on you're there's there's never an off switch your smartphone you could do most of the stuff for your work through your smartphone you're constantly getting emails um used to be you know even when we were growing up like our our parents went to work and that's where work was i mean the most intrusive thing they would get would be a phone call at home but they really couldn't bring I mean, I guess in a sense, that it depends on your profession, but they really couldn't bring work home. We could pack up a briefcase, and so, but people didn't have access to you, I think was the right. main thing. Whereas right. now... And it's now it's so easy to work. Well, not only is it uh, easy, the expectation is that you are always available, that people can always email you, text you, call you, and you have to respond, and it's like... You know, we've talked about this before, and it, and it doesn't, I, I, I think what this article and this study is trying to say is that, like, it doesn't make you more productive, it just stresses you out constantly, because it's probably sort of like the water torture, like, it's always coming in dribbles and drabs, and you're like, oh, this other thing, and that other email, and this, now this person's texting me, and... Um, this was based on this idea, so this is uh, out of Sweden... Uh, they've been talking about, you know, moving to a six-hour workday and how it actually saves money. So this isn't really just about, you know, workers' welfare. It's about, like, this is better for everybody. Um, it's uh, They talked about this uh, place. It's an elder care facility in Sweden. 
And for two years, they were on six-hour workdays. And then they shifted back to eight-hour, went back to eight-hour shifts. Um, I guess this was part of an experiment. The, their funding ran out, and, and so the experiment stopped. And it cost more money to hire 17 extra staff members needed to fill out the gaps created by shorter work hours. And the city had only budgeted for two years. They said it would be too expensive, so the project came to an end. Um, but there were longer-term savings that the employees... Well, they, yeah, I mean, the study the study said they took fewer sick days. Yeah, they less, were less tired, right. less sick, had more energy. Yeah. So, again, I think people tend to, to you know, I guess managers, CEOs, uh, chief financial officers, whoever's minding the store, they... Uh, you know, tend to look kind of long term and would say, you know, well, no, if they work less, then we're going to have to hire more people. And um, that may be true in the short term, but you're at, you actually end up saving money. So, well, it, and it also had implications for healthcare. Um, you know, there was a Mayo Clinic study where healthier employees spend half as much on healthcare. And if you have a or you know massive organization with tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of employees, I mean that, I mean that hits the bottom line. I mean that could be cost savings of millions or tens of millions of dollars a year. Yeah, uh, blood pressure was lower for nurses who were working those shifts, and uh, you know cardiovascular health was improved. And yeah, well, I mean. Uh, it's tough to say though, because if I shorten my work day, I just have more time to do coke. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And then you have to, you know, drink a lot to take the edge come, off. I come down exactly. Come down. So it's for me. It's a. It's a. It's a fine line. It's like a seesaw. It's I'm, I'm balancing multiple things. Well, the thing is, you know, I I work more so I can do more cocaine. So I can work more, which costs more money. It's that old cycle, you know, which is a good hey, one. It's, listen, sometimes too much free time for old Johnny doesn't really equate to uh, a better uh, life scenario. Now, uh, it does say that um, companies in the United States, they spend a lot of money on workplace wellness programs, which, again, is one of those things I tend to roll my eyes at because again it's like people complain about work invading their personal space and it's like yeah i don't want my wellness and and all of this stuff like wrapped up in my job as well you know and like they're spending hundreds of dollars per employee on these things to save money on health care and you know combat overeating diabetes stress whatever whereas like you could save money on all of that if you had a six-hour workday like you wouldn't or like maybe implemented things i mean so some jobs obviously don't lend themselves as well as others to like just having a six-hour day versus an eight-hour day like if you're a salaried employee it's not that you set your own hours but you know sometimes there's just a lot of work to do and maybe sometimes there isn't but as you say, cutting down on all the BS is probably one thing people could do. Well, you know, it's the thing you mentioned where they have all these like, you know, on-site, you know, health, mental 
the, you know, it's like the meditation room and the ping pong table yeah, yeah, yeah. and the on site, whatever. It's like a, a double edged sword. It's like there. I mean, these are great amenities for workers, but it, you also I always get that kind of big brother mentality feeling of like, are they just trying to squeeze the most productivity out of it? I would say it's unequivocally like, yes. Yeah, yes. it's like the it's like the meals on site, the masseuse. Right. It's like it's okay to come to work at five a.m. and stay there to ten p.m. You know, who cares about your family? Who cares about your your leisure time? Who cares about your mental uh, well being? But we have all these amenities for you. So there's there's that. But then at the same time, like meditation is good for you. Healthy meals are good for you. Do you, do you know what I mean? There's stress relievers. So it's like, it's like Google has all this stuff and they, you know, they had their famous, um, they retracted their famous tagline, do no evil, right? Wasn't it Google? They pulled that. They it used to be like in their like mantra or whatever, their company mission statement, do no evil, but they, they've retracted that. <laughs> Why? So they can do evil or something? I believe. Like, I believe so. I believe so. They go open the doorway to doing some evil. See the thing. Maybe some people like that. I mean, I it depresses me. Like I don't want to be that tied to my company. Like I like my alone time. I I don't want to be around my coworkers all the time. Like I don't want to go to meditation sessions with them. I don't want to eat with them all the time. Like I don't want to. It, it depresses me. It feels like a cult, you know, like they don't want you to leave. You're always supposed to be there. You're, like Facebook, like not only were you supposed to be at work all the time, you were supposed to be on Facebook talking about how awesome your job was. And it's just like, yeah, we, we, we've spoke uh, about that. I mean, I've got, this is like a gray area because I've been in these companies and some of these companies have been clients of mine and the amenities are spectacular. <laughs> well, it also it's, strokes the ego. It's a big ego. Yeah, it, it does. And I got to say like, like Bloomberg's headquarters in Manhattan, like they literally have their food spread is unbelievable and oh, it's free. Yeah. All the food is free. All the snacks are free and it really, here's the thing. It's like, it's great for morale. People love it. But it also cuts down on the time from, you know, Sally and Jack heading downstairs to go to the local deli to get their food, which might take 30 minutes out of their day. And, you know, they could spend that 30 minutes working more for Bloomberg. Right. And that's what depresses me. Like, I would rather, I mean, the free food's nice. But it's more like I would rather get out of the building, get away from there, go someplace, sit down where nobody's a Bloomberg employee and just get served a meal, you know, or, or go sit I would in the just, park, you know? I would just spend my, let's say I was at Bloomberg as an employee and I had 10 hour day. I would spend seven at the cafeteria. I'd like bring my literally, laptop down. Yeah. yeah, I'd be literally eating myself into a coma every single day. They look at you after like six months, and you're like 300 pounds, <laughs> and you're like wheezing and sweating all the time. Yeah, right. <gasps> oh, and they have to have a oh, meeting with me, and they're like, oh, John, we understand so that it's, it's all, all you can eat 
<laughs> but you're, you're taking it to an extreme. Okay, your uh, blood sugar level should be at about a 130. Yours is at 600. Uh, we're a little yeah, yeah. concerned. <laughs> and, and I'm like, listen, don't worry. I got pills for that. Yeah, All fine. my pills are jingling in my <laughs> jacket pocket. And then you demand they get you a wheelchair to get around because <laughs> you're not ambulatory anymore. Your cholesterol's <laughs> through the roof. Um, but again, like they always, this has been a time honored tradition, like perks, expense accounts, the cafeteria, and now it's it's gone. In like it used to be, basically, I think you could eat in the employee cafeteria, and you could eat there for free, and that was considered a big perk. Now it's meditation rooms and uh, a masseuse, and as you say, ping pong tables and this and that, and it's like. Again, this is all just to tie me to this place. Which... You know what? And 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 a, mas- a company masseuse is a time bomb, especially for someone like myself. Oof. Oh yeah. I, know. I mean, yeah, this... t- uh, touchy. I, I'd go in there. I'd strip suits. down. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they they'd all refuse to work with you anymore. They. <laughs> I'm just, you know, it's enough. But both it's the enough. male and female oh, sources would would want nothing to do with me. You're just lying on the counter on a thing, going, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, ew. <laughs> like, I'm do, I'm not doing any. I'm not doing my work. I'm no. just partaking eating. in all the amenities. Yeah, yeah. That would see. That would be great. Just eating. Getting massages, playing ping pong all day long. You haven't you, done you're any so work. good at ping pong. That's you're like so good. <laughs> a na- national, you could beat everyone. Yeah, yeah. Did you get? Uh, you know, they're like Matt. Did you? You know, we have that project that's projected for next week. Yeah. Well, no, I was working on my. I be I've beaten everyone in the office at foosball. I mean, what are you on my back for? <laughs> Yeah, we got a Matt. We got an important meeting at four. It's like uh, no can do. I'm playing Dennis. Yeah, big tournament <laughs> <laughs> coming up. That's that's a no can do. <laughs> I love that phrase. That's a no can do. Okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, a lot of these are like ego strokers. But I, I was reading um, an article about how workers are. It's always funny how these trends come and go, and um, you know what was big of like um fridays were big at offices because you would like you know you'd have casual friday which i don't i think things have gotten so casual that people that is doesn't even make sense anymore you know right or they'd have wacky tie wednesday or they'd have like hawaiian shirt day and you know stuff like that which has become rather the butt of jokes and now they have all this stuff but I was reading how these employees were getting kind of sick of it. Like, they just didn't really want all this stuff. And it was more about, like, we want to get our work done and go home. Like, we don't want to be here all day playing foosball. Like, I don't want to take a break for an hour to go do some activity and then come back and have to do work. Like, I'd rather a quiet place. Like, they were talking... I'll have to find this article, but it was interesting how they were trying to find places where there was no noise allowed. Like, you could go and work in there, and it was just a quiet room, like a library, to get your work done. Because employees were complaining about noise, about, like, people chattering, about, you know, phones dinging, you know, people talking on phones, whatever it is. 
And they were like, forget all the other stuff. Just like, I want to come to work, be focused, get my stuff done. And that is better than everybody, you know, going downstairs for an hour to have a buffet lunch together or something like that. (laughs) And and I can see that. Like, look, I just want, like my day, I kind of like in certain aspects. In, In other respects, I don't. But my day is very regimented. I mean, literally, a bell rings and we're doing our thing, bell rings, done. Bells, 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 2.15, done. Like, when I have a free period, my prep period, they call it, that's it. I am not bothered. Nobody's asking me anything. I just am free to do... I mean, I can go outside, walk around if I feel like it. I can get work done, whatever it is. But I, I think some people would actually prefer that, to be like, okay, between like 9 and 10... I'm focused on this project. Nobody call me. Nobody email me. Don't text me. I don't want a meeting. I just... And they're they're actually having designated days of no meetings. Like, on this day, no meetings. It it, it sort of became... Like, it it was weird because it was like, we don't want to have these meetings because we want employees to focus on their work. And it's like... Okay, well, you're just admitting that these meetings are nothing but a distraction, which is how a lot of people felt. And then when they had to have a meeting, it was like this certain company was like, the meeting starts at nine, like literally a, a dinger goes off. The meeting starts 930, meeting's done. And that's it. And everybody's out. Because otherwise people are screwing around this and that but the meeting takes an hour and a half very little gets accomplished and it's like you know so i guess people wanted quality of time rather than all the other crap well i think too is what you mentioned is you know people are distracted you know it's their email their phone meetings if you were just if people were able to block out uh say two hours they could get a, a ton accomplished or have a meetingless Monday, or, or you know, whatever day of the week without meetings. I, th- I think that would increase you know someone's productivity. But you know, for the vast majority of office workers, it's just you know multitasking and you know, uh, you know, c- trying to juggle multiple things, and that has been shown as study after study not to work. You know, I've had to tell students and I've had to make it clear to adults like don't interrupt me while I'm teaching another class because it amazes me how people will show up and be like oh could you get this for this student because I'm like no I'm doing something like I don't want to stop and dig through all my folders to find that particular test or whatever it is and I'm just like do I have to tell you this you're an adult like with students I had to say don't come knocking on my door asking me for stuff during these periods because I'm teaching. Like, when I'm with you in your classroom and it's your time, I give you my time. Like, you have to respect my time. And I guess people have been feeling like a lot of others don't respect their time. You know, just to be like, I'm working on this. I'm not working on that right now. As you say, multitasking, like, it just doesn't work that well. So. Well, also, um, the Finns are, are uh, there's a new prime minister, rather young, Sana Marin, is that, I'm pronouncing 30, her name right? 34 years old. 
34 years old, and yeah. they are, uh, the talk is a four-day work week or oh, a six-hour work day. Man. Four I'm, days. I'm I like the I like the three-day weekend. Oh, totally. Totally. Four days. I'm, I think I'm going to move to Finland, quite honestly. Sounds like you don't have to do much of anything over there. <laughs> you just don't, yeah. you don't have to do much of anything. Yeah, it's... You know? It's that that would be a good move for you. The qu- real question would be whether Finland would have you. Uh, well, if I, you know how when you go to other countries, they ask you the purpose of your visit. They want to know, like, kind of sometimes if you have a job or whatever. I would flat out say I'm here to get on the public dole, your social <laughs> support, so I don't have to work. So where do I go sign up for that? Where's do they just hand me cash or is it a check or what happens yeah. with that? Hand, hand out yeah. at the airport. Hand out at the air and you have yeah. nothing to your name. Zero. No. no. I'm like, well, I can't afford a flight home, so I guess I'm here. So where's the old <laughs> where's the old <laughs> hand out? <laughs> Isn't that how it works over here? What's going on? Uh yeah, so apparently Miss Marin is um proposing this uh now you know, other countries are obviously a lot different than the United States. Finland's a lot smaller. Finland's always the focus of educational studies because they have, you know, just their school system is seen as vastly superior and whatnot. Um, but they are a much smaller country. They're very homogeneous. They don't deal with, you know, they're not very multicultural. Um, so it might be a little easier with these things. And plus, like, we don't have the mentality that the government would ever have any control over people's well i mean they 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 can ra- they do raise minimum wages and things like that workmen's compensation and so forth but the idea that like donald trump would say hey everybody's only going to work 4 days a week is you know or even barack obama or whoever was the president you know is not really it doesn't really fit our ideology i suppose i would say yeah, but it's, it's not just the governments, but there are firms around the world that are, you know, there's uh, this article mentions a firm in New Zealand, Perpetuan, Perpetual Guardian, um, and uh, a firm in Ireland and one in uh, Microsoft Japan that they've, they've all implemented a four-day work week and, in, you know, they've reported uh, productivity gains. Yeah. I mean, well, those are those individual companies making those, uh, you know, decisions, which is fine. I mean, I, you know, I'm all for it. You know, I, again, like, you know, we would not have a president. I mean, the president might say it was a good idea or something like that. But apparently this is some sort of policy she's trying to enact, which, you know, good on her. I mean, that, that's great. I, I think there's a lot to be said for it. I want to see the... Um... The prime minister, the president, the leader of a country come out with the one day a week work week. Hey, That's where I'm going to move. I think there's something to be said for that. Absolutely. Uh, one, have, one day on, six days off. Well, you know, there have been Republicans in uh, our government trying to do away with overtime pay. Like, not only do they want people to work more, they don't want to pay them overtime for it. It's like... Boy, that's what what a bunch of what a jolly group of people that is, you know? What a bunch of nice people, you know? Like not only do we not want to raise your minimum wage, we want to cut what you already get, you know, for your work. It's like I don't know. I, the United States just has a different ethos, you know. We we like 
really value people who talk about their insane work ethic and how many hours they work and you know it's very individualistic here and i'm not saying that i disagree with the individualism thing i mean that that's a good for creativity and so forth but you know we've talked about this a lot before like some of it just seems like spinning one's wheels you know and it's like well i think well i think you'll like this story um my brother uh lives in a, a very nice suburb and across the street from him is one of our mutual friends brother john and uh his backyard so his neighbor like kind of across the way is is an italian guy he owns a pizza place about two miles away has has two ferraris just built a um a waterfall kind of pond in his backyard that's so loud that John has complained to the to the town because yeah. it's such a huge a waterfall. Anyway, this guy about six months ago was brought up on charges for not playing overtime to his workers <laughs> and was fined like two million dollars. What a sweetheart! <laughs> but he had enough for the waterfall and the Ferraris. Yeah. I, people like that, I, I don't know how they go to bed at night, you know. I mean, if you make enough money to have Ferraris and waterfalls and all that, fine. But do you really have to cheat people? I mean, really, you know? I guess that's their yeah, mentality. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know. Look yeah, at Mario I, I Batali. Mean, I mean, he was, uh, how many millions does that guy have? And he's been, I mean, forget the sexual harassment stuff. He was, well, don't forget it, but... This was a, in addition to that, he was cheating his wait staff at his restaurants out of tips. He was making them fork over their tips and cheating them on hours yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. It's... And it's like, here's this beloved, you know, chef. He's on the chew and he's laughing, and Gwyneth Paltrow's laughing it up with him and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, meanwhile, he's not only sexually harassing women, he's stealing tips. Like what? What is the matter with you? You know, it's like what stealing tips. That's pretty low. I know. Like, don't you have enough money? Like, what is the matter with you? Between his cookbooks and television appearances and all this and that, and and know. especially when like the majority of what a waiter or waitress earns is in their tips. That's why they don't get minimum wage. Yeah, and yeah, I assume at his restaurants that's fairly substantial. And they it is, I, I think it is. I mean, you have bills of in the hundreds of dollars. So if you're getting, you know, 15 to 20%, you're, that's adding up. That's yeah, pretty yeah. good living. And unless your boss is taking a, a cut of your tips. Of course, I would also argue with the fact that he has a ponytail. That that's he's got the bald on top. I'm going to cultivate. This that's look. a bad look. No, I'm I'm going to go for it because I'm bald on top and I can grow hair on the sides and the back. So I'm gonna, I'm going to do the ponytail thing. Well, and, it's going to take you a while to grow that out. Hey, that's My, all right. I think the best bet is for you just to buy a ponytail. Yeah. And in the meantime, super glue it. Onto yeah. the, that would be a good look for you, man. Yeah, just, uh, just well, yeah, it, it kind of attaches in the back. Maybe a Velcro strip or yes. something like that. I'll go for a little yeah. consultation about that. But he also wore, routinely, orange Crocs. Yes, okay? he did. Now, for a grown man to be wearing, I would say a grown adult of either gender 
or any gender, but particularly a grown man, to wear Crocs who is not clamming or perhaps working <laughs> in a science lab. So, like some of the, a couple of the science teachers uh, where I teach, one of them was this guy who was wearing Crocs. So I, I know him pretty well. He's a good guy. I just kind of made a crack about it. And he said, well, you know, I got to work around fluids and stuff. So, you know, fair enough. But this guy is wearing, first of all, they're orange. Why do you have to wear orange Crocs? Have you, do you own Crocs? Have you ever worn Crocs? I, yes, I have. Really? I own Crocs. Yes. <laughs> oh, but, well, whoops. <laughs> yeah, I, I had, I think they were a Christmas gift. They oh, were the okay. black Crocs with like the furry inside. Oh, I believe oh. I believe they were a joke, but I still wore them, and then I eventually threw them out. Well, the furry inside could be a slipper type deal. That's yeah, I, I mean, I didn't wear them out. No, no, never I, wore them out. You I know, wore them like around, you know, right. around the house. I knew this guy who wore Crocs with white tube socks. Ooh, and, and he that would wear is a them. Good look. Yeah, he would wear them out, and I, I, I would say whenever I saw him, it'd be like Crocs and socks. Like that's not. A good luck. So anyway, there's a good old Mario with his ponytail and his orange Crocs ripping off his employees and sexually harassing women. And, you know, then I, uh, there was a show he had with Gwyneth Paltrow and someone else. They'd be driving through Italy and all that. I, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, I, I applaud anybody who comes forward with the Me Too movement and all that, but you know, it's it's very interesting how cozy these people all get with their brands. You know what I mean? They're all hawking something. Yeah, so. uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is um, Goop. You're familiar with Goop, her yes. company? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's one of those people that conservatives, like when they talk about liberal elite, she just has a target on her back. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like Did she's you, playing uh, a role. Did you watch the Golden Globes? You watch Ricky uh, Gervais's? I did not. No. Oh, you got to Google. When we get off, you got to Google and listen to Ricky Gervais's opening monologue. Is it funny? Dude, it's it's hilarious. Oh. He rips apart everybody in the room to the point where nobody was laughing. <laughs> it was so so funny. I mean, he and then throughout the Golden Globes, he he consistently ripped into people. Yeah, I mean, he he basically said he's like he's like when you get up your award, he's like don't talk about your political, you know, uh, issues. He goes nobody cares. He goes nah. he goes no. He's like nobody here went to school. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And then he was like, uh, uh, what did he say about? He said, oh, he's like, Apple has a new streaming service. He goes, and everybody's applauding that. And he goes, uh, he's like, this is the company that owns sweatshops <laughs> in the third world. Yeah. And then what else did he say? I'm not doing it justice, but he completely destroys everybody in the room. Yeah. Well, I remember he, um, it was after the first, this was like his third time doing it. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. After his like first time when he caught some flack for what he was saying about people. And he goes, these are the most privileged people in the world. They deserve to get ragged on. Like if anyone right. deserves it, these people 
deserve it. And if they're going to be crybabies about it, then don't have me back. And they've had him back twice. So yeah. And, and they, they put all that trust in him and he just destroys. I mean, it's really, it's the only thing that makes that watchable is listening to him just, and he, he doesn't care. No. He literally offended 99.99% of the people in the room. Well, he does you know, Americans have a fetish with being insulted by people with British accents. Yes. I give you Simon Cowell and Gordon Ramsay. They love it. They love, love it. it. Love it. Love Can't, it. That we love obnoxious people who scream or say really insulting things with, as long as it has a British accent, we like it. You know? Yep. And it's very, it's a very strange phenomenon. There was a woman, uh, she hosted The Weakest Link. She had British accent. Like she just, you know, was very mean and nasty and. People just eat it up. But the Golden yeah, they Globes... Lo- they love Gordon Ramsay ripping into them. Screaming. Screaming at people. I've never understood how food preparation has become this gut-wrenching, like, near-contact <laughs> sport. Like, when right. I cook a meal, I like to listen to the radio or I put on a podcast or something and I, I cut up the garlic and I cut the vegetables and I cut the chicken and put the, you know, it's, it's enjoyable to be in the kitchen, kind of warm chatting with people, whatever. These people are in tears. They're having nervous breakdowns. I I don't know how food became this. It's such a strange thing. Like, well, I I think it's like, you know, like food network with iron chef and all that stuff. It's been, uh, it's been portrayed like that in the past decade or two decades. Yeah. And and that now you have him just it's a screaming sport. in people's face, just like they're weeping, they're break, having nervous breakdowns. I mean, I'd want to just like grab a, one of those mallets and bash him in the head and be like, "Don't talk to me." Well, that I way. mean, I, I've I've worked at a restaurant and I've worked in a kitchen, and it's it's chaos. Like during a dinner rush, it is chaos and people do yell at each other. Things, you know, mistakes happen, stuff. But I think that, um, and, but nobody likes to get, you know, yelled at. (laughs) No, 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 they don't. But I mean, again, like, I don't know. We just, we love screaming, insulting, psychopathic Brits. We just, we, we love them. So there you go. There's Ricky Gervais. And, and again, talk about, uh, a room full of people, most of whom have never worked a day in their life. And uh, I remember, I like Alec Baldwin, but there was this article in The New Yorker about him a few years ago, and he was lamenting how hard he works on his movies. I'm like, brother, come on, man. Like, <laughs> stop complaining. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I, maybe it's... I, I, yeah, I'm not going to deny it's work, but Jesus, you know, get some perspective. Yeah, I mean, look, Go for the, for big, yeah, for big, like, Hollywood stars, like, sure, they've some, sometimes they have to get in shape to get in a role, and that could be hard work, Heaven and then they really me. study a character, yeah, all that fine. stuff, but, like, put it into perspective. Yeah. They're getting paid millions of dollars. Yeah, and nobody's forcing you to do this. If you don't want to do no. it, don't do it, you know? No. It's not like you have to go, you know, to your construction job to put food on the table for the kids and you don't have a choice in the matter or you won't eat. I mean, you know. Well, anyway, folks, um, in the spirit of 
comparing back the work day, we're going to end this podcast right now because, frankly, I am at my wit's end. i got to take a nap. I'm about to fall asleep. Yeah, I can, I can see you nodding off. I took a nap before the podcast just to whew, focus. Now i gotta, <laughs> now I got to decompress. It, it kind of backfired on you, the, the pre-nap. It did. It did. It's, it's, you know, people talk about work, right? <laughs> Me relaxing. That's work. That's a lot of work. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Don't work too hard. If you feel like you've got to leave work, get on out of there. If you feel like you got to show yeah, up at I, 11. Listen, I, yeah. I agree. I think you should implement a six-hour work day and a four-day work week. Do Don't it wait your for your boss no. or the government. No. Just do it. Yeah. And uh, if they call you on it, just say, well, that's what Santa Marin's doing. How do you like that? <laughs> Guaranteed to work. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot. Guaranteed. For All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.